This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. I want to spend a few minutes to talk about three acronyms that, to be honest, confused me for the longest time in my career. I just... This is something that I always work with, but I take it for granted that exists. And those acronyms are OLTP, OLAP, OLAP, and the new one, which is called HTAP. Um, these are database uh, kind of jargon words. Uh, they They are important, don't get me wrong, but... I'd like to explain them uh, from from the bottom up. You know, why do they exist? Why did we create online transactional processing and differentiate it between uh, the online analytical processing? Are analytics different from uh, transactional systems? And then what's this new thing that is called HDAP, which is the hybrid transactional and analytical processing. So this will be the topic of uh, this podcast. How about we jump into it? Welcome to the Backend Engineering Show with your host, Hussein Nasser. This is the show where we discuss the art and the craft of building software and cover recent news on backend technologies. If you enjoy the show, make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel and rate it on Spotify and Apple Podcast. With that said, let's get on on the show. Welcome to the Back in Engineering show with your host, Hussein Nasser. But today's topic is uh, all TP, all app, and HTAP. And uh, let's start with the concept of processing in a database. You create a database, and then you create your data model. And this is usually you're going to do a normalized data model. You don't have to, but you can. And part of that, you want to execute queries that ensures that you have these asset properties, this atomicity, consistency, isolation, and and, and durability. And then when you execute these queries, you touch multiple tables. You do DML, which is data manipulation language kind of queries and you you edit those tables right and and if you edit multiple tables you want this view to be consistent right and you don't want to execute one query to write one table and then the power goes off and all of a sudden 
you have your database with kind of a inconsistent state where something is written and it's not written on the back end on, on the other table. So that's bad, essentially. Transactions need to be consistent. And as part of making these queries consistent, you, you, you split those tables into multiple tables based on your entity model, right? You, so you have an order table and a product table and, and uh, a customer table and so on. And then you join accordingly based on the type of queries. And you start inserting stuff. So you, so you create transactions. The, the system, this is your production database essentially, right? Where your application hits this database by executing these DML queries and occasionally it's going to also query, but this is your production database. So what's wrong with that? This, this seems to be most of the time, this is the kind of queries you execute, right? However, we don't only edit, right? In database, we also read and the nature of queries that you execute for reads really depends on 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 how they will perform based on your data model essentially we if you can nothing stopping you from using your current transactional production database to to execute a query that sums all the products for the past 10 years and, and, and check the price of how this product was doing for the past 10 years or what is the previous versions of this product and, and how, how did it go through these iterations. You can execute these aggregate queries on the, on the transactional database. When I say transactional, I mean this, this normalized database as is, right? But first of all, these queries are not cheap because if you understand what the database is doing to do account, you will appreciate how the database works first, right? And you appreciate the, the, the open source maintainers, the developers, the people who are building this kind of system. It's not easy, right? You harmlessly do a select count on your backend application to do to return the count of how many Instagram likes but that that scans pro pretty much the whole table and if you have billions of rows how do you count you have to count one by one the database is not doing anything different it has to literally go one by one and count and you can't count fast enough right you can you can do tricks and execute multi concurrent concurrent views but that can only go get you so far but that in general these kind of aggregate queries analytical queries that let's call them are slow right because of the work that we need to do and it also it is slow because we, in, in a transactional system, in a transactional database, and guys, I'm talking about relational databases, right? Um, I know NoSQL and 
key value store have their value uh, but I don't have enough expertise to to kind of talk about those databases right so I talk I'm talking about at the end of the day it's it's IO and logic and algorithms right if you think about it really depends and one day I'm, I'm gonna expand my knowledge to those so I can speak better to how they work those NoSQL databases but we're talking about relational here and the transactional model usually is a, what we call a raw store. What does that mean? It means that when you store rows on your table, right? And let's say you have your table has seven columns. The tuple of those seven values think of them they are adjacent to each other this is stored nice tucked in together in one block right and th the second row comes directly directly after it so in a block which is which is this is how we read from the desk we read in blocks unlike memory we read byte by bytes not it's byte address the disk is block address you it's so expensive to go to the disk so we always read by page in case of ssd and by block in case of mechanical drive right you read one block and then you get you get all this data in that block so a row store stores this in rows if you pull one block you get all this content you get many raw rows in that block right so and, and not only you get rows you get all the columns for free essentially for that row right in in that block okay so if i want to if i want to select only one column and i want to sum that column it is actually more expensive to do that in a row store database right because i'm gonna get i'm gonna get fewer rows right in a block because because i'm 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 encumbered by all this other combs that i i don't really need but but i'm given anyway right so that's why there's this other concept of a column store database where we store and instead of the storing a row with all the values we store the column values column by column right so column one and all the values in all this table so you for free when you read a block right that block will contain and, and you know which field you want that block will contain all the field values for that particular field so you will get way more efficient in a column store if you want to do aggregate like a count or a sum or an average in a column store versus a row store right so that's i talked about that in another video check it out right here hopefully i pointed to the right location so however row store is is very performant when we want to um write and and uh, we want we want to we, when we want to do a transactions column store 
not so much because of of the way we need to traverse and 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 build that hierarchy right of columns and blocks right so transactions are great for rows but large expensive queries are great for columns store that is why when we understand how these expensive queries actually work you really can't have one size fits all right you really need to think and you might say hussein I'm going to add indexes on my tables. I'm just going to add a bunch of indexes. Yeah, I, I can do these queries. Yeah, I'm doing all these kind of queries. I'm going to add indexes. Fine, right? It's definitely, you will need to add indexes, but indexes will only get you so much in a large data set. The more indexes you have on your transactional database, what will happen is when you insert and update and delete a row in a table, all these indexes need to get updated with the values that you just insert. So you need to touch all the B trees in case that's the data structure that is used for to build these indexes. You need to touch those. You need to update them. And that's not so bad. Don't don't take my word like this is the end of the world. Oh, I have I have seven indexes, then it's the end of the world. My inserts are gonna be slow. Not necessarily. It really depends on the depth of the tree and, and other other semantics as well. But at the end of the day, if you have so many indexes at a certain time where we hit millions and millions and millions and billions of rows you're going to start feeling that your inserts are slowing down because of the overhead of updating those index uh, indexes, correct? Right. And another side effect in certain databases as well is what we call write amplification. This, is, this might be more important in certain, uh, for certain customers than the performance of a single transaction itself right you want your transaction to be as fast as possible but still the side effect of write amplification resulting from excessive need of indexes right can be detrimental can have a side a huge side effect right and it's 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 a it's a snowball effect you're inserting a single row, but that single row in your application or your application translate that single statement into many statements. Maybe you're updating multiple tables and each table is really having so many indexes. So physically, the database has to go and update the pages for that these B3 indexes right to insert the new values you just inserted so if you have 10 indexes it has to be update 10 entries in those indexes right and potentially this is a result of the b3 structure you're gonna rebalance the tree it's inevitable the more rows you're gonna have you're gonna balance the tree eventually balancing the tree is 
is an in-place update. You're changing the root, right, page, and as a result, you have to obtain what we call in memory the C++ lingo's mutexes, I believe, or C mutexes. You have to lock the memory in place to so that nobody touches that. You get because you you want to perform in place update to that. And then I believe in SQL Server they call it latches, right? These latches or these mutexes slows concurrent transaction even more, right? So the more indexes you have you start you're gonna start feeling these effects right and i'm talking about low level stuff here it's very low level but okay don't take i'm talking about billions of rows guys here now if you have thousands of rows you probably won't feel it. if you have you don't have concurrent users and when i say users here i don't mean actual person i'm talking about back-end threads executing on tcp connections actually connections many connections concurrently executing transaction databases yeah they love concurrency they they support that but too much concurrency can screw the database actually All right especially with locking it just slows things down so we try to make our transactional processing the production database that 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 the back end faces directly as efficient and as it does one thing and as the cqrs matra right command query separation segregation what is it whatever it's called try to separate writes from reads essentially right so yeah let's keep the right aspect of this application and you can you can doesn't mean you have to do it you know just straight split reads and writes no of course that that's that doesn't fly you have to mix and match obviously you write and read you can do some reads that are reasonable but doing too much reads that are that that require the the indexes you just added ask yourself if you're adding an index what 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 will it do this index what where i'm gonna use it if you're gonna absolutely need it then okay suffer the consequences um, and i say suffer with the you know tongue-in-cheek really it's just not really bad right it's just one and two indexes three four five indexes not that bad right really depends on what at the end of the day you have to measure your workflow i can't possibly in a podcast explain all possible cases right it's just and I and I don't know everything at the end of the day, right? You only know what you face. And I'm talking based on my what now, twenty years of experience dealing with databases and kind of working with kind of these kind of things. So these are the transactional aspects of the database. When we move to the OLAP, we establish that we need online analytical processing. Right. We're going to make another database dedicated for reads and expensive reads, might I say, for older data, archive data that we barely touched. Or maybe, yeah, or maybe I'm running reports, I'm doing batch jobs that are executed and then running for maybe, I don't know, three, three hours queries. 
fine, you can do it there. You can't execute a three-hour query on a on a production database on the transactional system. That will just kill your 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 concurrency on a on a production system. Yeah, I mean queries that queries obtain shared logs, but the concurrency, the management of logs and all that stuff, right? Uh, I say that assuming that you obtained a shared log so that your your view is consistent. Some some queries do that for like I don't want I'm gonna query this product table but I don't want anyone to change it. So you obtain a shared log. If you do that then that's that's bad in a production database. Right? So you move to an analytical database that does that. Right? So OLAP is fit for these kind of queries. Counts and sums and averages and 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 then expensive CTEs and all this stuff, right? You can do it on an online analytical processing kind of databases, right? And uh, usually the 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 word for it is being called data lakes and data warehousing. Because like, okay, let's put it in the warehouse and let's just execute those queries against it. Now the first question comes in here. All right, I agree. We have an, a database for my transaction where I write and write and write and write, and occasionally I'm going to read uh, onesies, twosies. And for my expensive, long-running jobs and queries and reports and stuff, I'm going to execute against that. Hussein, how how I have the two databases? What are they are going to get out? How how do you get a what what are the rights going how do how would the other database gets the rights well that's where hadoop and all these systems came in to solve these problems the batch processing right moving uh doing etls essentially extract transform transform uh, transform load processing tools to move these data from the OLTP, the transactional normalized kind of tables, down to the OLTP. And you have to move them on batches, nightly, every three hours, every two hours. And as a result, next question you might have is saying, I'm going to get stale data. <laughs> sure, that's the price we pay. And companies are still struggling solving this problem. Kafka tries to solve this by trying to do this in real-time fashion. And it's really commended what they're trying to do. Right? For the longest time, we have this batch process. Run a nightly job, Hadoop or whatever, and move everything that you have here and the transaction, the new changes to the OLAP so I can run my long-running expensive queries right here, right? And I don't care if this is, nobody's touching this OLAP except us. So if the query takes three, four, ten seconds, that's fine. That is fine. I can I can host it even in a cheap HHD, HHD, what the hell is this? HDD. <laughs> Uh, hard disk like, like spinning you can you can definitely host it there queries are slow fine but if you have money you can obviously put in an ssd and that's fine because ssds 
they love things that don't change, right? In OLAP, you don't change stuff, right? It's just it's just really almost static, right? Well, might be that might be wrong because if what happened if you update? So yeah, I, I I might take that back. But essentially, that's what we used to do. Batch Kafka came to the rescue, and then all this message queuing with Kafka Connect and 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 essentially guarantee, not guaranteeing, promising the idea of having real-time communication. I'm going to give you real-time. As you insert that stinking row and you touch all these tables, immediately we're going to move it to the other view, right? To the other database. So you can build this, right? Because you can push these changes to Kafka and then there is another process which consumes from Kafka immediately and applies the changes to the OLAP, right? That's how basically it's almost like a message queue. It's a pub subsystem, right? Which uses a queue. But obviously there is, you have to, that's why Kafka is very, very important to use because they have this exactly once guarantee because if you, if that fails and you try it again, Kafka should tell you that, hey, by the way, you did this. Don't apply it again. That is very, very critical. <laughs> Item potency, guys. Item potency is very, very critical in this concept, right? So yeah, Kafka, but obviously, when you tell company, hey, there's this thing, there's this thing, there's all TP, there's all lab, and there's you can you have to deploy Kafka, go, hit, hit yourself in the head, right? <laughs> They all freak out, right? Just like, wow, I'm managing all these systems and infrastructures just to maintain real time. Sometimes people say, nah, I don't want real time. Nah, it's not worth it. It's not worth it to deploy to Kafka. Kafka is a beautiful, beautiful software. I love it. But maintaining it, ooh, ooh. I don't know. I never maintained it, but boy, haven't you seen Kafka? It's a beautiful design, but it's a, it comes with its complexity. Zookeeper alone. They're getting rid of Zookeeper anyway, so that's that's going to be easier for maintenance. That's good. So, yeah. So, that's the, that's the tale of, of data warehousing and all app and all TP and transactional. And that's why I try as much as possible when I design a database, I try to make it OLAPI kind of uh, database and at the same time. So I, I work very hard on my data model such that it's like, okay, what kind of queries I'm going to execute against? I really think hard. And, and I'm, I don't look at the queries. And if there is a query like from an app that is, I don't know, belong to an admin and they are using a field, I don't add an index on that. Let the admin suffer. Screw the admin. I'm not going to add an index for my admin. They, The admin can wait. They're patient. They can wait. My customer, on the other hand, that's why, guys, when you add a feature, think, think really, uh, really long and hard before adding 
a feature to your product, right? Because any feature you add, oh, I'm going to search by order ID and by name and by first name and by filter and by uh, my my mother's maiden name. And I'm going to search by my SSN. I'm going to I'm going to let people search with everything. <laughs> you you can, but you're going to shoot yourself in the foot. That's why big companies look at look at look at Instagram. Instagram is not allowing you to search by certain fields. It's just like there's this random search and they 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 cook the shit out of everything, right? Everything is cached, multi-layer caching to to achieve this search. And you don't get real time. Eh, that's not real time data. That's definitely not real time data. All the numbers that you get on Instagram or these big apps, they are not the actual numbers they are delayed so delayed right because you you don't see them live it's very hard to get live data right well, this is expensive once you understand once you build a system you understand how expensive it is and i'm not talking about oh i i i, I spun up a database and i built an app heading that database no actually production because if you built if you if you start supporting all these features and you start adding all right all these features and users will start using them and when they use will query against your mother's uh, middle name that query is going to be slow and you're going to look at the back end and say oh of course it's slow there's no index admin add an index okay i'm gonna add an index hey they're searching on ssn admin add an index Few months later, you have like thirty-three hundred indexes. I'm I'm exaggerating, but you get an idea. Features. Think about it, Yagni. You ain't gonna need it. If you're gonna need it, add it. Really think hard about the features you add. All right. Now, that being said, what I'm what I'm talking about here is the all app versus the all tp right all tp versus all app and now there's a new thing that's called hybrid which kind of does what what kafka the kafka solution but it's like baked in into the database mariadb came up with an htap solution and mariadb is by the way if you don't know it is a, a fork of MySQL. Once MySQL was acquired by Oracle, the author of MySQL, I believe, they just forked my and called it my. They forked MySQL and called it MariaDB, and they went to town. It's a good database. It's a really good database. So they they now they 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 have a column store data engine because that's how MySQL works. I I love MySQL design by the way if i i have said it many times on this channel i know i know i'm freaking out. i love my sql architecture the idea of separating the data engine from the dbms is genius right and i wish i love postgres it's my favorite database but i wish they did that postgres right a lot of people disagree with me, obviously. They'd say having 
multiple engines like my ASM or NODB or Myrox or, or, or other column store database engine, compatibility, maintainability of the software becomes harder, which is true. Definitely, it's, it's features at the end of the day, supporting more features, more complexity, more bugs, more money, more problems, right? But I love it. I absolutely love it because now you can extend it. Hey, let's build a, a column store database store uh, database engine just like that i'm gonna create my table as a column store and just change the database engine boom same database two tables different engines one is you can have a, a database engine as a csv the back in a csv oh obviously that's bad but it's useful it's useful if you want to convert your data to csv just change that engine swizzle the engine to csv and poof, all the data is dumped to a csv but Postgres has the, another solution, right? They, they, it's a different system. It's a different beast. I know I'm going all over the place, guys. I know. I'm sorry. But talking about MariaDB, we're talking about MariaDB. And they managed to do this HTAP thing because mainly because of this extensibility of MySQL, which I love, absolutely love, right? So now they have the hybrid model. They support a transactional, which is the native MySQL MariaDB, right? And they also have a column store, right? Uh, database engine. And what they built is they built this hybrid mechanism asynchronously updating uh the backend OLAP through the OLTP. They just mash it up together. I don't, I can't speak in details about it. I believe it's asynchronous, but that's, that's what I think. Right? It could be synchronous, but I, I really doubt it. Synchronicity kills performance. So I really doubt it's synchronous. It has to be asynchronous. Another one is Oracle actually came up with a solution an HTAP solution uh, called Rapid. I talked about it right here. Rapid, Oracle Rapid, uh, is, is this MySQL. I don't know if it's MySQL. I forgot, actually. I, I, I The details in the video. But that's another hybrid approach. It's like, okay, hey, guys, once you move to us, we're going to do the OLAP and OLTB. You don't have to worry about everything. This is a very enticing for companies. What? Really? You're going to manage all of this for us? Sign me in. Companies love that. Throw the money. I don't have to maintain Kafka and, and, and databases and write those batch jobs. Ugh. ATLs. Ugh. C-sharp ATLs. Oh, my. How many ATLs I wrote? Oh, my God. I lost count. There are just three. <laughs> I lost count. Oh, my God. But, yeah. All right, so let's wind down and finish the podcast. So we talked about all TP online. I don't know why they call it online, but I guess it's has to be. I just I, th I think it's just an acronym, right? Transactional processing, which is your production normalized kind of uh, optimized for writes uh, workloads. Right? You want those transactions to execute. You want them to be short, sweet, and fast. 
because that's what the customer hits. That's what the end user hits, right? You want them fast. Transaction, you want them have Don't execute, like, thing. don't add features that you're not supposed to add in a transactional. If you want, if you absolutely want to think twice about the data model, think how you can optimize this query so it's fast. Always think about scale, right? Uh, avoid queries that does like 100, 100 joins, right? To to produce some sort of content, right? Joins, well, well, kind of a nice, but they kind of kind of kill performance if you join multiple table to produce some sort of view. Then once you start doing joins, really think about doing it another way. Really, uh, think is like, is this really necessary? If this is necessary, then yeah, because joins at the larger the tables get, that is scales proportionally with it right so that's your old tp all app on the other hand for queries aggregation things reports three hour queries and and things that are kind of ad hoc -y. they do not really execute on um uh on the on the production transactional system you don't really change the all app barely change it is read only most of the time right so it's it's optimized for these kind of workload reads right and that's it the final one is we had we had these two natures we ha we have two natures of queries queries that read and are expensive by nature and the queries are writes and and needs to be fast right dml and kind of a queries that are also read but also fast need to be fast these are the old TP, right? And these, the long-running aggregates, count, uh, average, needs to exist somewhere else. You can't put them on there. You can, but you're going to suffer. You're going to consume additional resources that these precious production transactional resources, and instead of spent serving actual customers, you're, you're querying and serving that long-running query, right? So we had to separate them. We had to produce the OLAP and the OLTP. And as a result, we created a gap, right? All of a sudden, we have delay in the data. We have eventual consistency. That's a fancy term for you. So to reach that consistency between the two databases, we need to update them, right? And to update them, we invented a whole suite. So people made so much money with these ETL tools, right? Moving data from the production, the transactional to, I keep saying production, that's that also a production database. The OLAP is a, OLAP is a production, right? But it's, it's a different kind of production. It's not the active production, if you will. It's a data warehouse where we, on the back end, we're just doing our own thing. Nobody's seeing, watching us kind of thinking under the, uh, under the horses, under the table, uh, you know, trading horses and stuff. But, so there is this itch tab, the hybrid approach, which combines both two natively in the database itself. So that it can update that asynchronously. At least the rapid model, I'm pretty sure it's asynchronous. It's just the moment you insert, there's a job that picks up and then writes it. So there is a delay. There's still delay. You're not going to see 
immediately you write into you the whatever you wrote in the transactional system you're not immediately gonna see it in in the in the old app system right it's gonna take a little bit of a delay i believe rapid and htab they give you the option if you want and and it's not really rocket science they just make it synchronous right that insert that commit only that's probably a little bit harsh but i'm, I'm just making stuff up right now guys so take it with a grain of salt <laughs> that right that transaction that you just committed i believe it will commit successfully if that commit also committed successfully on the all app right and only then it will be it will return to this to, to the user return successful right that's the quorum approach at least for the with cassandra right where you write multiple nodes and if two uh, succeeded i declare this uh, as a winner right so there's a synchronicity at least uh Oregon. and guys if anyone listening here expert or or know more about the htap than i do uh, let me know reach out and um, let's have uh, some more discussions and if correct anything wrong that i said i'd love to be corrected appreciate you guys and it's been a long episode huh but i had a lot of my mind so i had to just kind of talk about it organically uh i know some some of you don't like these kind of long videos but i i i enjoy making them because it's uh, it's very organic and it's um i'm in california so that was a terrible joke all right and uh, <laughs> i love just talking whatever in my head i just really I, I without scripting or anything like that i had literally started this uh, video with three bullet points all tp all app and then htap that's it right i didn't even i don't even have them right in here it's just right there and i started and i made a around what are we in an hour already i think we made an hour video out of it on our podcast i enjoy this kind of, uh, of content free form you see my thoughts right and i t- talk about many things i can't possibly make a, a 60 second video talking about this kind of details right we have to kind of explore and you walk with me through in, through all of this thing and I, and I call myself out all the time when i miss something out or when i reach a dead end so okay this doesn't make any sense and i say that oh this doesn't make any sense i don't know right and guys uh if you like this content make sure to check the podcast out rate it share it with your friends like this video subscribe all that good stuff and uh, i'm gonna see you on the next one guys you stay awesome goodbye